The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Porik Horkin, he of the Horkin Garden Centre family, is joining us now to answer all your gardening questions. Porik, good morning. A very good morning to you, Pat. Now, um, May is with us. Not entirely uh, summer yet, but a good time to do certain things. It is indeed. And the growth in particular, Pat, has been very, very strong over the last 10 days, the last two weeks, indeed. You'll see many plants have burst into growth, like the beautiful birch and and beech has, has come into full leaf at this stage. But in May, particularly this May, because we're getting warm temperatures, we're getting lots of moisture as well. It's a perfect time of year for sowing new lawns. So albeit that you may just want to repatch an area or sow an entire new lawn, May is the actual month to do it. Soil conditions, the moisture in the soil is quite high and the temperatures are just Perfect. So in preparing a lawn for, for lawn seed, it's critical to put in some preceding lawn fertilizer and uh, put that in before you add the seed and then simply sprinkle the seed over the soil area and rake it in. And at this time of year, lawn seed will germinate within two weeks, certainly over 14 to 20 days you'll actually see the new grass coming up and you'll have a brilliant lawn by the middle of summer. It's also a really good time, Pat, to sow seed in general and particularly wildflower seed. So if you want to encourage the pollinators in later in the summer, in July and August, it's at this time of year is an excellent time to be sowing seed of things like poppies or phacelia or red and white clover will do very well if, if sown at this time of year. So it's an excellent time, particularly for lawn care in general, but for the sowing of seeds in, in, in particularly wildflowers. All right. Now, so many uh, questions coming in for you, Pork. We'll get straight into them. How many plants should I use in my 16-inch hanging baskets? And what do you recommend uh, that I plant? Also, what to feed uh, to encourage lots of flowers? Well, for flowers, you need potassium. So something like a tomato feed or something like Blooming Magic or Boost is really good when you're feeding all bedding plants, hanging baskets, window boxes, and indeed plants in your flower borders. 16-inch basket is quite a big basket. You're going to need about 10 plants in total, Pat, starting with something tall in the centre like a trailing fuchsia or trailing geranium or trailing begonia. Busy lizzies do really well. Trailing petunias. There's a lovely plant called Bacopa, which comes in white and blue, which does terrific right at the edges. Lobelia as well is really good. And once you've planted up the basket, get yourself a a packet of nasturtium seed, the little dwarf nasturtium, and push in about four or five nasturtium seeds in around the edge of the basket to give extra colour later in the summer. Mm. But it's a brilliant time of year for planting up window boxes and hanging baskets. Um, You know, you have to water your uh, window boxes and your hanging baskets uh, to make sure they don't don't dry out. You know that stuff that you can get, uh, a gel? gel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can actually buy a, a compost pad that has that incorporated already. So if you look in your local garden centre for a hanging basket compost, Westland do a very good one. It already has the swell gel and the nutrition and the perfect compost for your basket. So get a bag of that and that will make it easier to keep it watered. But watering is critical, particularly from the middle of June right through until September. It's the, it's the critical factor because it's the key thing that most hanging baskets fail due to lack of water in midsummer. Next one, I have leather jacket grubs in my lawn. What can I use to get rid of them, keeping in mind that I have a pet cat? Okay, something something organic, possibly. Um, leather jackets are the, are the larvae of the daddy long legs, and they literally eat 
the roots of the grass causing yellowing in, in lawns. So to get rid of them, we use nematodes this time of year. So nematodes are naturally occurring organisms that actually hunt out the leather jacket and kill them off. So ask in your lo- local garden centre for nematodes. You simply mix them in the watering can. You apply it over the area that's affected. And within a couple of weeks, the nematodes will take care of leather jackets. You can also get them for vine weevil as well, Pat, that little white maggot that attacks plants, particularly in containers. And this is the time of year to apply nematodes. I have alliums which previously flowered reliably for the past couple of years since they were planted. However, this year I only had foliage, which has quickly turned yellow. No flowers at all. What might the problem be? And should I remove these bulbs and start all over again with a fresh set? Yeah, I always associate bloom with alliums because they're coming into flower now and the flower right through the June bank holiday into late June. Uh, they are perennial, they come back year after year, but when where they stop flowering is generally two reasons. Either the the listener has cut them back too early last year after flowering. You must allow them, like all bulbs, to die back naturally to build up the bulb. But they can suffer as well. They're in the onion family, like all alliums, garlic and onions. And they can suffer from a disease called white rot, which rots the bulbs of the um, allium. So my advice is maybe to lift one or two, check the bulbs. If they're perfectly healthy, then just simply replant. You won't get any flowers for this year. Give them a couple of liquid feeds and build them up for this time next year. And for listeners that have alliums, they're in flower now, but as they die back, deadhead the old flowers, but let the foliage die back naturally. Anne in Dublin 11 says, Hallelujah, my wisteria has blossomed after 10 years. Poor poor Rick told me to have patience. Well, my patience nearly ran out. (laughs) But now the question is, will it keep flowering every year? Yes, it will. And that's the beauty about wisteria. You know, plants, when they get into the ground patch, like the freedom of the soil. They're like teenagers. It takes them a number of years to blossom. So the wisteria, once it starts flowering, it will flower reliably every year. As we come into July and August, that's the time to actually do some pruning of your wisteria. So all the whippy growth it makes between now and July, you shorten that back. And again, give it a high potassium feed, like a rose fertilizer or a tomato feed is brilliant for wisterias as well. Can you help me with two plum trees? Uh, I have, they're uh, they're 10 years old. Every year I have a great crop. I make jam. But last year I just happened to cut into several plums and to my horror I found maggots inside. Uh, No holes in the plums on the exterior. It's like they grew inside. Needless to say, all my jam was dumped. Please help me. Well, two things. Maybe people making jam always boil up maggots with them, in which case (laughs) cannot be sold as vegan jam. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a very common pest pat on plums. It's it's plum maggot, which is a small maggot that is laid at the, uh, basically when the flower starts to uh, just form its fruitlet, the the eggs are laid at that stage. So they hatch within the plum, as it were, and keep eating. And you get this big white uh, plum maggot in the middle of your plums. So always check the plums, particularly in August and September uh, when you're harvesting them. You can get a, a plum maggot trap, which is simply a trap that you put at the base of the stem of the plant, and that will actually catch the adults and stop this problem occurring. So ask in your lo- local garden centre for a plum maggot trap. My rhubarb isn't growing so well this year. Lots of stalks, but they're very skinny. They get a dressing of seaweed every autumn and they usually crop well. Good. Well, if if you crop, generally when you get thin sticks on rhubarb pot, it's an indication the plant is running out of space. 
and naturally enough, particularly if you're harvesting it late into the season and taking lots of sticks from it, you'll exhaust the plant as well. But generally where the thin stems are, my advice is really to divide the rhubarb plant next autumn. So feed it for the rest of the year. As we come into October, November, as it dies back, lift the rhubarb clump, divide it into several pieces and replant it back into the garden soil, giving it plenty of space. Plenty of organic matter as well. I like to use farm manure or or, uh, mushroom compost or horse manure in the winter as a heavy dressing over the top of the rhubarb and let it grow through that in the springtime. So it's it's running out of nutrition, it's running out of space. So divide it this autumn and you'll rejuvenate the plant again. I have a beech hedge approximately five and a half feet high. I'd like to cut it back maybe a foot. Can I do it now or when would be the best time from William and Tip? Well, William, the beech is very, very slow growing and it has just come into leaf at the moment. Birds will often nest in it at this time of year. So leave the pruning until October or November. You can prune beech any time once it goes out of leaf or once the leaf withers from October right through until the beginning of March. So leave the pruning till then and it responds to pruning really well, really, really well. And what a beautiful hedge. I have a garden with grass that grows aggressively with different types of grass. Am I best just to spray it, kill it and start again? Well, you can also just mow it. I presume they're talking about a lawned area path. And naturally in all lawns, you've got a whole kaleidoscope of different varieties of grass that are blown in from farmland areas or hedgerows and so on. So if you trim it, you'll exhaust, trim it on a regular basis, you will actually exhaust a lot of the stronger grasses like wild meadow grass. Um, so regular trimming tends to bring the finer grasses through. Uh, but if you want, I mean, you could certainly get rid of the existing grass and start again. But you will find that uh, seeds will naturally come into the lawn area from other areas. So you'll always have this constant bottle battle. I generally don't bother. I allow the weeds to grow on my lawn. I allow all the different varieties of grasses to grow and just keep them trimmed on a regular basis to manage them. Okay, good uh, advice for Ken in Kinnegad. Uh, can you ask Porig about lilacs? Mine are very healthy, over two metres tall, but right. only one in flower. That's from Emily in Swords. Well, lilacs, they should be in full flower at the moment. Um, nothing you can do now is actually going to bring them back into flower. They are a bit like the wisteria patch. Freshly planted lilacs, can it can take them several years to settle down to flowering. The fact that it's coming into bloom is a good sign. And again, using high potassium feeds, even sulfur of potash on its own, reduces the vigour in the lilac tree and it actually induces the plant to produce flower buds for next year. So a couple of applications of sulfur of potash or a rose feed would be highly advisable, but you're not going to increase the number of flowers for this summer. You're going to get it next this time next year. Well, Porig, look, thank you very much for all of that advice. Uh, so many questions today and uh, couldn't get to them all, but uh, you will return next week. Porig Horkin, thank you very much. And that's all we have time for. A reminder that our items from today are uploaded as podcasts, which you can listen to in the News Talk app powered by GoLoud. Just search for The Pat Kenny Show. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.